So Mark is my favorite gospel. I love the gospel of Mark. Mark is a brilliant storyteller. Uh, it, it could be argued that he is one of the greatest storytellers of all time. Now, last week, Mark showed us two men who, as far as we know, they had 20-20 vision, and yet were completely blind. Today, Mark gives us the mirror image of that story, showing us a blind man who could see better than almost anyone. If you have your Bible, let's turn now to Mark chapter 10. We'll look at verses 46 through 52. If you don't have your Bible with you, the verses will be on the screen behind me. This is Mark chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 46 through 52. Verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is God's word. Let us pray together. Father, we come to you this morning. And we come to your son this morning. Like Bartimaeus. And we ask the same thing. Let us see. Let us see. Jesus, let us see his overwhelming love and tremendous mercy today and his infinite forgiveness of sins. Help us not to just check some religious box this morning, but help us see. Help us see Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Okay, so imagine waking up from a very serious surgical procedure. And the doctor says to you as you wake up, he says, you may go now. Your trust in me has made you well. You would kind of look at the doctor funny, wouldn't you? What do you mean my trust in you? <laughs> no, doc. It was your, your skill, your knowledge that made me well, not my trust in you. But actually, in reality, both statements are true. Both statements are true. You see, if you hadn't trusted that doctor, you would not have gone to that doctor for the surgery, would you? No. 
And if the surgeon didn't have the necessary knowledge and necessary skills, you wouldn't have been healed. You wouldn't have been healed. You see, you need both things. You need both things. You need faith in the doctor, and you need the doctor's necessary skills. You need both. And that is the emphasis in our text today. That's the emphasis in our text. Mark's gospel is picking up speed at this point. If you've been with us, you'll notice that. It is picking up speed here because Jesus is on a very focused mission toward Calvary, toward the cross. And in our passage this morning, Jesus is in Jericho. He's finally come to Jericho, which is right next to Jerusalem. It's right next to Jerusalem. And next week, we will see Jesus finally make his triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem. And this is critical to keep in mind as we look at our story today. Because our story this morning is the last healing from Jesus before his passion begins. That makes it pretty important, don't you think? This is the last one. The healing of Bartimaeus is the last of three studies in faith. Three studies in faith. The introduction to these three studies of faith is in verses 13 through 16 of chapter 10, where Jesus is indignant with his disciples. He's furious with his disciples. Now, why is he so mad with his brothers? He's so mad because they are keeping little children from coming to him. And that sets Jesus ablaze. And then Jesus drops this bombshell on his disciples. He says, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter it. Will not enter it. Mark then gives us three stories that illustrate this remarkable statement from Jesus. The first study of faith is the rich young ruler, which we looked at a few weeks ago, who comes to Jesus with a lot to offer Jesus' kingdom. He's got a lot to offer Jesus. You know, he's got great financial wealth. He has great moral wealth to offer our Lord. He's a really good dude. He's a good guy. And so he comes to Jesus and he asks what else he needs to do to enter the kingdom. And Jesus sends him away, grieving. The second study of faith we looked at last week is, the two, is two of Jesus' disciples, James and John. And they are asking for thrones. They want to sit next to Jesus when he comes into his glory. And so Jesus responds by flipping their entire worldview upside down. He says, oh, you want to be first, huh? Okay. Well, the first will be last, and the last will be first. And then Mark gives us the third study 
of faith. The story of blind Bartimaeus. And it's as if Mark is asking us, the reader, which of these men received the kingdom of God like a child? Which of them? Was it the rich young ruler? Was it James and John? Or was it blind Bartimaeus? And the irony, of course, is the one man who cannot see is the one man who can see. He sees with the eyes of faith. Bartimaeus gets it. He gets Jesus. And Jesus' own disciples don't have a clue. (laughs) They don't have a clue. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about faith. Faith is all important to Christianity. It's all important. In the story of Bartimaeus, Jesus teaches us three important elements of faith, and we must get this. Number one in your outline, Jesus teaches us the knowledge of faith. The knowledge of faith. Look at verse 47. Verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus has the childlike faith that Jesus talked about in the beginning of this chapter. But why does Bartimaeus have childlike faith? Why? It's not because he has childlike knowledge. It's not. There's an ironically stupid teaching that is fairly popular in a lot of churches today that pits faith against knowledge, as if knowledge is a bad thing. That's absurd and it's unbiblical. It's absurd and it's unbiblical. The reason Bartimaeus has faith is because he has knowledge of who Jesus is. That's the reason. (laughs) He has faith because he knows who Jesus is. He knows that Jesus is no ordinary rabbi. He's the son of David. Bartimaeus knows that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah King. From David's line. He knows. You see, the Bible teaches that faith is actually rooted in knowledge. It's not the enemy of knowledge, it's rooted in knowledge. Bartimaeus had heard the good news of Jesus, which had been making its way from town to town. And so Bartimaeus thought hard about it. He heard the news of Jesus. He thought hard about it. He thought hard about what the Old Testament says, the Hebrew Scriptures say, about this Messiah who will come from David's line. And he put the two together, and he ultimately concluded that Jesus is the long-awaited son of David. Bartimaeus' faith was rooted in his knowledge. 
So how then is his faith childlike? Since he does have the knowledge, how is it childlike? It's because he simply trusted the knowledge that God revealed to him in the scriptures. He read the scriptures, he knew the scriptures, and he trusted the scriptures. It's not that he was ignorant of the scriptures, it's the opposite. <laughs> he knew the scriptures and he trusted the scriptures. A couple years ago, we surprised our kids with a trip to Universal Studios. And of course, they were all super excited. I mean, they were pumped, you know. Uh, but you know what none of them said? None of them said, gee, mom and dad, that's a really expensive trip. It costs a lot of money. Are you sure you guys can afford that? I mean, are you sure? Have you checked the accounts? Have you done the balancing? That's a lot of money. <laughs> now, you see, none of them said anything remotely close to that. What did they do? And instead, they just immediately started packing their bags. <laughs> they didn't question it. They just started packing their bags. Why? Because they trusted us. They simply trusted us. They had faith in their parents. They knew that we don't go back on our promises. If we tell them we're going to Universal Studios, then that's where we're going. And that is Bartimaeus. The scriptures say he's the son of David. He is the son of David. He trusted the God of the promise. And he did not question God's word. He just started packing his bags, so to speak. He just said to himself, well, when Jesus gets here, I'll get my healing. It was just that simple for Bartimaeus. Jesus told me we're going to Universal Studios. And so that's where we're going. In fact, Bartimaeus is so confident in God's word that he is the first person in Mark's gospel to use the royal title of Jesus, the son of David. <laughs> How cool is that? Bartimaeus is the first person to use that title for Jesus. The crowds tell Bartimaeus, Hey, hey, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he tells them, no. Jesus, the son of David, is passing by. So Bartimaeus had the knowledge of God's word and he trusted God's word. That's number one, the knowledge of faith. He had the knowledge and he trusted the knowledge. Number two in your outline that Jesus shows us about faith the object of faith. The object of faith. A lot of people today claim that they have faith. It is popular to say that. But the Bible's question is, faith in what? Faith in what? What do you have faith in? Faith in some type of deity out there? Faith in your muddled version of Christianity that you invented? 
faith in the teachings of other religions, faith in mankind, faith in science, faith in yourself. I mean, what do you have faith in exactly? Because you see, the Bible teaches, Jesus teaches, that it's not just any old faith that will work. It's not just faith for faith's sake that'll get the job done. No, it's who your faith is pointed at that is all important. It's all important. It's the object of your faith that can move the mountain. And so, who is Bartimaeus pointing his faith at? The son of David. Jesus, the Messiah. Bartimaeus doesn't yet know anything about the cross or the resurrection. He doesn't yet know about Paul's teaching on justification and by faith alone. He doesn't yet know exactly how the new covenant is going to operate in getting him to heaven. But he does know this. The son of David will foot the bill for him. Whatever it costs to get me there, he will pay for it. Jesus will pay for it. Don't you see? (laughs) It's not the quality or the quantity of your faith that moves mountains. It is the object of your faith that moves mountains. You say, well, you don't know me. I've been through a lot and I just, my faith is so small. My faith is so weak. It's so full of doubts. And skepticism. Yeah? Join the club. Join the club. Nobody walks around with giant, robust faith. Nobody. If they tell you they do, they're liars. No one does. The reason the faith, the reason that faith that is the size of a mustard seed moves mountains is because the size of the faith doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. (laughs) The object of faith does. The object of faith does. Just take your puny, small, weak, imperfect faith and point it at Jesus. And he'll do the rest. But who you pointed at is all important. It's all important. But what exactly happens when we aim our little faith, our little mustard seed faith at Jesus? What happens? Look at these two incredible words in verse 49. Check this out. Look at verse 49. Look at these two words. Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped what he was doing. He stopped going where he was going. Did you know that Jesus is interruptible? Did you know that Jesus wants to be interrupted? Did you know that his ears are continuously attuned? For people who say, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
His, his eyes and his ears are continuously scanning the globe for tiny, little, imperfect faith that's pointed at him. Jesus knows every single time that he becomes the object of someone's faith. And he is always ready to respond. Always. Number three in your outline. The activity of faith. The activity of faith. Now, the reason we know all of this that we've explained so far about Bartimaeus' faith is because of how this story ends. How it ends. Notice in verse 51... Jesus asked the same question to Bartimaeus that he did to James and John. Did you notice that? Verse 51, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? James and John did not get what they asked for. But Bartimaeus does. <laughs> Blind Bartimaeus does. Why? Well, Jesus healed a lot of blind people in his time on this earth, and their stories did not make it into the Bible. They didn't make it. So why does Bartimaeus' story make it in? It's because of what Bartimaeus did with his sight. Look at verse 52 with me. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Did you notice that he disobeyed what the Lord told him to do? Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. And he said, oh, no. I'm not going anywhere. I go where you go. I'm following you. My friends, that is childlike faith. I go where you go. You see, the, the rich young ruler wants Jesus to show him how to become acceptable to God. James and John want Jesus to give them a throne. But Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus just wants Jesus. He doesn't want what Jesus can give him. That's irrelevant. He's not using Jesus to make his dreams come true. The reason he wants his sight is so that he can go wherever Jesus goes. That's childlike faith. Dr. Richard Bauckham says that the reason Bartimaeus' name is included in this story is because it's likely that he became a very well-known follower of Jesus. Otherwise, his name would not be included. You see, Bartimaeus didn't say, well, Thanks for the healing, Jesus. Catch you on the flip side. No. Bartimaeus just packed his bags and said, I'm ready to go, Jesus. 
Where you go, I go. This is the activity of faith. This is what faith does. True faith follows Jesus. I'll close with this. Jesus asked James and John a question. And he also asked this question to Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? But Jesus would also ask this question a third time. He would ask it in the garden of Gethsemane. He would pray to his father. And he would say, Father, what do you want me to do for you? James and John asked Jesus for glory. The rich young ruler asked Jesus what he had to do to get into the kingdom. Bartimaeus asked Jesus for mercy. But God the Father asked Jesus to lay down his life for sinners like you and sinners like me. Why did the Father tell him to do that? Because, you see, all of us have a debilitating condition. We are not much different than Bartimaeus. You see, we are spiritually blind, all of us. And the way spiritually blind people like you and me receive spiritual sight is by doing the same thing Bartimaeus did. By asking the son of David, Jesus the Messiah, for mercy. For mercy. You see, all it takes is an admission of spiritual blindness. That's all it takes. What prevents mercy from flowing into the lives of blind sinners is not the blindness itself, but the stubborn denial of blindness. The stubborn denial that we are spiritually blind and morally blind. We just refuse to believe it. We are blind people walking in darkness that gosh darn it believe we can see. <laughs> we think we've got 20-20 vision. We can see what's really going on. And we deny our blindness. Charles Spurgeon said, quote, If you have anything of your own, you must leave it all behind before you come to Jesus. If you think there's anything good in you, you cannot trust in Christ, end quote. Like little children, all that we actually bring to Jesus, all that we have to offer him is our tremendous need. That's all we have. That's all that we bring to the table. But when we can throw our arrogance and our pride to the side and come to Jesus with open hands, with our need, then Jesus gives us the miracle of spiritual sight. 
We come to him with nothing, and then he gives us everything. But how can the solution to rebellious human blindness be so easy? How could it be this easy? The solution is so easy for one reason. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the reason. You see, Jesus, in the deepest sense, is sight itself. He is sight. He is the only person to walk this earth never to have been blinded by sin. Yet he came to the end of his life and received not what he deserved, but what we deserve. As he explained to his disciples in the wake of James and John's selfish request, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. On the cross, Jesus allowed himself to become blind so that you and I, blind sinners, could finally see. Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, who knew no sin, became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The old hymn writer puts it well. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see.